I just felt like it was important for us to remember that our God is alive. He's alive, and He's here, and He's with us. And I believe that we need to give God a round of applause this morning. Come on, there's a lot of things in life that we struggle with that God's there for us when, when no one else is. All right, when, he, when, he, when we hit rock bottom, He is there with us. Okay, when we, need, when we have no one else, He's there with us. Now, a lot this morning, you've heard the word faith. And faith is the hope in things unseen. Okay, and we've heard a lot about faith, and the word of the year is forward. Okay, so we've got to have faith in the things moving forward. In a minute, Pastor John's going to come up, and he's going to teach an awesome message about faith. And he said, and I don't want to go ahead and jump the gun on this, but he says, looking forward, I'm going to pull it up because I don't want to mix it up. Because it's a really good message, and I love to mess it up. Looking forward is the process of walking in the power of his presence. And we're going to be in Hebrews today. I'm going to go ahead and read that and then pray. But guys, like, we got to remember that faith is the hope in things unseen. we got to have faith. And some of us are having trouble believing in his promises this morning. And so today, let's keep that in mind as we hear this message and think about how we can have faith in God's promises. I'm going to read this passage real quick. It's Hebrews 11, 8 through 10. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed and went out to a place he was going to receive as an inheritance. He went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, by faith, he stayed as a foreigner in the land of promise, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, co-heirs of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. God, we love you so much. We thank you for this morning. And Father, I just pray you use John as an empty vessel this morning. Father, I pray for the people who are in here who are struggling with so much, Lord God, who are having trouble believing, Lord, that you are going to come to be there for them, Father. And I pray for the people who are hitting rock bottom. I pray for the people who are struggling, who don't know where their finances are going to come, who, who are struggling with addictions. I pray that this morning they can have faith in your promises, Lord. So, Lord, we love you. We believe in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Seth. What a great man of God. I praise God for him. So are you guys ready or what? And by the way, there was a lot of people at the first worship service. I just want y'all to know that. Was it not? It's pretty impressive. And all of y'all being here today. So what's the word of the year? I, I got to get out from that mic. I can't handle it. What's the word of the year? I love you. I just want to say that. So since the word of the year is forward, what does it mean? It means the idea of anticipation. When we look forward... As believers, we're looking forward with anticipation to what's coming. Now, here's what's coming. What's coming is that God has called everyone in this room to a place here right now and a place, if he tarries and he keeps us alive, there's a place where we're going. And the place that he's calling us to, I want everybody to know, it's not going to be easy. And I want you to know that just because... You have the fullness of God's presence doesn't mean that you have the power of his presence. I, look, I'm talking to somebody. Y'all, can y'all get a little, you know, about the coffee or something here today? Like, loosen up, eat a donut? Let's go. Listen, I will show you. That's why, and we've been, listening. our worship team, they've been, I don't even know, they've been here since 7 o'clock this morning. I just want y'all to know that. They've been rolling since 7. But sometimes we see so many believers not being able to push through their circumstances and always falling back because of the shortage of the power of God's presence. Hebrews 11, verse 8. By what? Faith. The whole point of today's message is this. We've got to go 
to look forward. We've got to go to the, through the process to get to the power of his presence. And the only way we can do it is faith. It's not loving God. It's not loving God that's going to be, it is primary, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. That is like the greatest command. But in order to love, you've got to have faith. Let me give you an example. So when Lynette and I stood at the altar, my wife and I stood at the altar, the reason why I told her I loved her was because I believed that she wouldn't break my heart. I was willing to open up my heart. Come on, somebody. I was willing to open up my heart because I believe I could trust her. Faith produces love. Love doesn't produce faith. You only believe in a person first, then you're able to love that person. But there's a process, and I'm telling you, we need the power of Jesus Christ. So look there at verse 8. By faith, Abraham, what's the next word? Obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive his inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Listen, I, I want you to know this. I said this in the, this morning. I don't want my children to obey the Lord because I tell them to obey. Come on. I want them to obey the Lord because he is their God. I want them to be madly in love with Jesus. I don't want my wife to do things uh, with me and go out with me or support me because uh, she is married to me. I want her to do that because she loves me. The only way we ever obey, what's the second word in the verse? What is it? Obedience comes by faith. And so believers lack obedience because we lack faith. If you have a child and they're not obeying, it's because they lack faith. They don't believe that what you offer them is better than what they can do for them. Adam and Eve. He said, the serpent said, do you really believe? Do you really believe that God is going to kill you? Do you really believe that? See, it's the idea is faith. So I'm going to show you. Here's the key. Here's the key to look forward. Everybody in this room is called. And you're going to hear even clearer word from the Lord. As in, this is the way walk in it. This is your major. This is what I want you to do. This is how I want you to point your children. This is how I want you to point your grandchildren. This is the job I want you to do. This is the man I want you to be. This is the woman I want you to be. You're going to hear the specific calling. But in order to obey the call, we have to have faith. And it's faith in what God is going to do because God is going to send us to some difficult places. Now, here's what I'm explaining. Uh, Gary, I know I went there before. Luke 4. So let's go to Luke 4, chapter 1. Some of you already know this, but let's review it. This is really good. So now, when you and I give, surrender our lives to Jesus, because it is a call to die. When I surrender my life to Christ, a part of the Trinity comes to live in me. And who is that part of the Trinity? What's his name? The Holy Spirit. Come on, let's sit and trick questions, I promise. I promise. The Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1 says that I am sealed with the Holy Spirit. I quote this scripture a lot, but Ephesians 4.30 says, Do not grieve the Spirit of God with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. My sin does not unseal the Holy Spirit. Like, I can't undo what God does. Trust me, I am the creation, and he is the creator. The creator is undefeated. Can't undo it. Can I grieve the Holy Spirit? Yes. Can I, can I grieve the Holy Spirit to where I can't even hear him because I'm hearing nothing but my flesh? Yes. But watch this. So Jesus was baptized. The chapter previous, he's baptized. 
And when he was coming out of the water, what happened to the heavens? Talk to me. They opened up. And the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus like a dove. And then God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well. Did Jesus need affirmation? No. Jesus is Lord. But it was an example of showing that what obedience does. Obedience brings external confirmation of what God has. Now watch this. So after Jesus is now, there's this idea of what's going to happen to us. Jesus is a picture of what happens to us at salvation. We get the Holy Spirit. We have an open heaven. Listen, your prayers, there's always an open heaven. Don't doubt that God doesn't hear you just because you don't feel like he answered you. Y'all, y'all quiet on me today? That's pretty good. Because I doubt God all the time. God, why are you answering this guy? You want to answer me? What's up with that? Listen, I want you to know, there's something that God wants us to do. To look forward, we've got to go through the process. We have to go through the process to get the power of his presence. So now, Jesus full of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus full of the, don't miss that phrase. And Jesus full of who? The Holy Spirit. Parsley full? Full of the Holy Spirit. Returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. Verse 2. For 40 days being tempted by the devil. And, when it, and, and he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. And now comes the temptation. Now comes your process. Now comes your process. And it was only by faith in the promises of God that Jesus got through the process. The Holy Spirit drove him. When he was offered to eat, to turn the stones into bread, He would begin to quote scripture. Man doesn't live by bread alone, which I I struggle with. (laughs) I I wanted to cut that verse right out of the Bible. I'm not going to lie. The first time I read it, I was like, Jesus, come on. You're the bread of life, bro. Like, come on. You should say, like, man doesn't live by protein alone. Like, that's what you want to (laughs) say. Man doesn't live by gluten-free alone, right? You know, right? Can I get a witness? Sugar all the way. So... So when we're weak, our physical body's weak, the process begins. The calling of God, Abraham, is going to a place where he's going to live in tents. And it's not going to be the most pleasant place. That's what's coming. Why? I'll show you. So what happens is now we see he goes through all the temptations. He's full of the Holy Spirit. Now go to verse 14. Thirteen says is when the devil had had uh, had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Verse fourteen. Watch this. And Jesus returned in what? You see it? Did y'all y'all got it? You already knew it. Many of you knew it, but did you see what just happened? He went into the wilderness, full of the Holy Spirit, and he left the wilderness empowered with the Holy Spirit. Where does power come from? Power comes from trusting the promises of God in spite of great temptation. Listen, we can be full of Jesus, but never show his power because we're not willing to. I'm not even going to talk about it anymore. Because you know what? We ain't willing to walk through what God's got for us. And sometimes what God walks you through, by the way, if you want to follow God by faith, he's going to test your faith. We're not even talking about yet. We ain't even got to Isaac. We didn't talk about Lot getting ready to leave him 
Those who love you will leave you. Sometimes that happens. But I'm telling you right now, Jesus is showing us what it is to walk in power. Power comes when you and I, in fact, when we face a tough time, we walk in the promises, we put our faith in the promises of God, and we overcome by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now we have power because we have overcome. Jesus gave us an example of having power. The reason why we're going to need power is because we are going to face a time of famine. Watch. Genesis chapter 12. Genesis 12. So Abraham was looking forward to the city, this is verse 10 of Hebrews 11, whose architect and builder was God. Right? we got to believe what God has got for us. And it doesn't matter where you are if you're single. It doesn't matter if your child's gone wild. It doesn't matter about a job situation. It doesn't matter about the pain in your past. Listen, we will never get past the past unless we walk in the power of his presence. We will always live by the bait of offense, the bait of Satan, and we'll always get hurt quickly and easily because we're carrying all the pain in the past and we can never look forward to the power of his presence. There are many Christians full of the Holy Spirit, but they got zero power. Because they can't get through one tough time. Can I get a witness? Not one. Let me give you an example I gave at 9 o'clock. When my dad was a judge, when I walked in the courtroom, this is no joke. I'd go in the courtroom, all the attorneys, hey, John, hey, they were kissing up. You know why. Because they wanted my dad to rule in their favor. You should have seen all the people that, get, that were up for trial. They were even nice to me. And they didn't even know me. Why? Because my daddy was a judge. Because my last name was Davis. So what happened was, people in the courtroom were nice to me because somehow, some way, my daddy had power. Outside of the courtroom, I had no power. I had the same name. I was still a Davis. I was still fully a Davis. I was always a Davis. But when I walked into the place where Jesus is Lord, when I walked into the place where God is Lord, there was power. When I walked into the place where my dad was king, I had power. God is going to take you to a place that seems like nothing where he wants to exalt his power. Today, I'm asking you today, will you ask God to help your unbelief, to increase your faith so that you will have power in the Holy Spirit by what you give me to face. Watch this. Genesis 12. This is so good. Genesis 12. So now we fast forward. Watch this. To chapter 12. Verse 1. The Lord said to Abram, exalted, his name, that means exalted father, as if his dad, when he had a son, his dad was like, oh, exalted father, because I had a kid, right? He said, the Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. Now remember, we know that just because we don't know where to go doesn't mean we stay in what we know. Remember last week? When God calls, it's not going to be complete. It's just going to be direction. And we're going to have to step out by faith. That's test. That's test or have the power. Watch this. Then he says this. I will make you into a great one. Why did God want to make Abraham a great nation? There were plenty of nations. There were plenty 
of nations. Why did he want to do that? Let me just give you, let me just give you a quick reason why. Genesis chapter 3 says this. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other animal. Do you know what the word for serpent is in Hebrew? It's the word for nations. What did the serpent do to Adam and Eve? He what? Deceived, Deceived by doing what? He tempted. Nations represent in the Old Testament temptations. It was the nations that would pull people away from their God. It was nations that would pull. He said, don't intermarry, don't go, excuse me, don't marry people from other nations. One was, some of them were full of sexually transmitted diseases. So one disease would have wiped out all of Israel. Just go study anthropology and you'll see that because of the cult prostitution. But that's not even the main story. The main story was that these nations would pull them away from who? They would pull the Israelites away from who? God. The nations were an example of temptation. So God says, instead of having nations that are going to pull you away from God, I'm going to have a nation that will stand for it. Come on. So he's going to build a nation. He's going to build a light to the Gentiles, to Paul. Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good and glorify your Father who is in heaven. We are the light to the world. We know it's Jesus. We know that we're reflectors. But it's Jesus. We are the light to the nations. So watch this. He wants to raise up in us a nation. So what did Jesus say in the Great Commission? In Matthew 28. Go make disciples of all. Now you're starting to understand. Or the Greek word ethne, where we get ethnicity. People groups. That is why God is calling everybody in this room. Everybody has a specific calling to be a light. And in your calling, this is what you're going to face. Jesus said prophetically, in this world, you will have trouble. Come on. Anybody got a witness to that? Amen. I'm looking at Sharon because not everybody knows what Sharon had to face. But listen, in this world, you'll have trouble. Why? Either we can be whiners or we can be winners in Jesus. Because here's what here's why I know. When trouble comes, if I don't have power, I run. If I don't have power, I'm not going to obey. If I don't have power, I'm not going to do it. But somebody has got to walk through the famine in order to have the power. And it's a process to look forward. Well, God, listen, if you're in school, you know what I'm talking about. You're in classes. Ooh. You pray for the rapture. <laughs> Jesus, I got this test. If you'll come back right now, I promise, I promise you. I promise in the name of Jesus, I will follow you all the days of my life. <laughs> right? Just, just pray, God, get me out of here. Do something. I, I'm not praying for the death of my professor. Just a broken bone. Something simple. <laughs> then he can't be here right now. I need an extra day. You know, that, well, you all pray that. But let's keep reading. So let's skip down to verse 4. So I don't even have time to talk about the covenant. So verse 4. So Abram went, as the Lord told him, and Lot went with him. Oh, by the way, that's a sermon coming up. That those who, leave, those who love you might leave you. Well, Abram was 75 years old. Remember, it was 100 before he had Isaac. 25 years. 25 years of looking forward. Though Hebrews eulogizes him. Though Romans 
eulogizes Abraham and speaks greatly as a great man of faith. 25 years. Some of you in this room, you say, if i got to be single 25 years, I'll just go ahead and sin. All right, here we go. That was fun. He took his wife, Sarah, his nephew, Lot, all the possessions he had accumulated, and the people they'd acquired in Iran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abraham traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Now, you know where, hey, for those that were here in the, the first one, you know where I'm going with this, right? Listen, just because when God sends you to a land, it doesn't mean it won't be occupied by other people. That's part of looking forward, that the people that you encounter, just because they're there, doesn't mean it's theirs. Oh, I'll break it down for you. You might like this one, Marcus. When I met my wife, she had a boyfriend. There were Canaanites in the land. <laughs> Sweet Jesus. There were Canaanites in the land. But when God had called you to something, it didn't matter how bad that other person wanted it. She became mine. Jesus. There will. Some of you look around. That's why I have a crush on that person who's dating somebody. <laughs> There's hope. My point being is that sometimes when God calls you to a place, remember, he's going to call you to a place that requires his power more so than his fullness. That's good. Hit the power of his presence is what's going to be needed to take the promised land more than the presence of God. It's the power that's within his presence. So let's keep reading. Verse 7. The Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. During, to go through the process to get his power means somebody's got to build an altar. When you hear the word of the Lord and God speaks to you today, build an altar. Don't just write it down. Build an altar around it. I have taken Psalm 7118. I told you that last week. Even when I'm on the grave, King David said, do not forsake me, O God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your might to all who are to come. God has told me to be with you. And I live and die on that. It will be my last breath that I live on that. God, may I declare your power, not just your presence, but what comes with your presence, which is power. So, God, you've got to make me an overcomer of all the bad things. Listen, if you're bitter in singleness, God can get you over that so that people can see power. And when they see power, they might see how hot you are. <laughs> the Holy Spirit makes you hot. I've tried to teach you all that. This is a rule that I live by. Ask Lynette. God blinded her from my looks and she saw the inside and the Canaanites fled. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's going to take power to get through where you are. What God calls you to. It's going to take his power. 
So you build an altar today. reason why we have some Lord's Supper out is not that all of us will take it, but here during the invitation, you might want to come up with just you. You might want to come up with some friends. You might want to come up with uh, some people that you're close to, and you might want to go with 1 Corinthians, get off to the corner. You might want to pray through it and say, God, I listen, I'm building my altar on your promise that you will never leave me or forsake me, and what you call me to will see you through because you said, you said in this world you will have trouble, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I'm coming I promise. Now bring it on, God, because you're undefeated. There's not a demon. Listen, if a demon in hell can't stand in front of the Lord, how much less can somebody who comes against you? But we got to believe it enough to encounter it. Oh, people love Jesus, but very, very few people want to follow Jesus. Deny yourself, take up your cross daily and follow him. That doesn't sound like a lot of fun language to me. It's easy to be saved, but it's not easy to follow. Can I get a witness? It is not easy. It's not easy when you feel alone. It's not easy when you feel like somebody's leaving you out. It's not easy when you feel like you're looked over. But if only you knew the power of God in your life, if only you knew what is around you that I see, only because of him. God is calling us to something. Stand up. Today, build an altar. Because you're getting ready to go through something that's going to require the presence of God in his power and not just his fullness. So let's keep reading. Here we go. Verse 8. From there, he went on to the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent. Notice that God says there's a tension in our life. If you're a student at CSU, that's why you don't ever feel this is your home fully and completely. You want to know why? There's a tension here because there's more. But why God's called you here, pitch your tent and release his power. How do I release this power? Well, here's an easy answer. Fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-goodness. Start releasing the presence, the power of presence. When somebody comes against you, why not strike them with the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God? That just sounds fun to me. When somebody strikes, like, like when somebody hits me, don't you want to hit them back? There are people when they wave to me with one finger down the road. <laughs> I just want to play bumper calls. <laughs> So what I need to do is start striking back in the spirit and start blessing those who curse me. Bless those and do not curse. Start, start coming with them with blessings. God, would you bless what they put your hands to? Would you bless them? I mean, can you imagine if somebody was cussing me and I'm sitting there saying, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make you right. They, they might just say, that's it. I'm not even going to fight him. He's crazy. Just put him in the sour. You know, there's this tension. You don't ever feel at home. That's why Christmas is this, ah, there's like this need for more. There's like these dark nights when you're lying there. There's need for more. There's always going to be need for more because right now we have the Holy Spirit, but one day we'll have the Trinity. There's going to be a need for more. There's a tension in your life. Don't run. Embrace it. Stop running from the pain and start walking in His power. If you want to move forward in your life, You've got to have power. And we who are Christians have undefeated power. There's not a Goliath that can stand against the spirit of greater is he that is in us than he is in the world. Right? So we've got something to look. What does it have? That's what Jesus did. The last enemy, death, is defeated. Death. If there's a relationship death, if there's a physical death, if there's a financial death, if there's whatever death, we can still say in the our God resurrects. Let's keep going. There he went toward the hills of east of Bethel, Bethel, right, house of God, and pitched his tent with Bethel, uh, uh, with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. 
They built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Here today, call on the name of the Lord. Check this out. Then Abram, Abram set out and continued toward the Najib. Now watch this. Here is why we need power. One, there's Canaanites in the land. You know that there's enemies around you. You know that people will stand against you. They will not like you for the presence of God. It doesn't matter. We just keep our eyes on Jesus. We still put our trust. It's about faith. We walk by faith and not by So we're going to continually trust the Lord. But here's what's going to happen. And then when you walk with the Lord, can you imagine Abram? I try to, I try to put myself in Abram's shoes. I try to live this stuff out. So when I, I go in there, okay, one, Lord, there are Canaanites in the land. Everywhere we go, there's going to be Canaanites. That's not the problem. The problem is focusing my eyes on Jesus. But then here's what's interesting. Verse 10. Now, and this is what, this is what blows me away. Now there was a, what saints? Wait a minute, God, let me get this straight. You called me to something that has nothing. You called me to a place that's difficult. Now there was a famine in the land. Sometimes when God calls us to a place of restoration, we see what it can be before it will be. We'll see things what they can. So God is going to call us to places where we have to build in the name of the Lord. Where the foundation has to be Christ. God is going to call us to places where sometimes we are in relationship like God, you call me to this degree, and what is so hard? I feel lonely, or I'm in this place, or I feel like I'm not moving up, or Lord, this is what I'm getting ready to face. Sometimes it seems like a famine, but to God, it's a fulfillment of a promise. And here's what's interesting about the famine. When Abraham went to Egypt, he came back with a lot more. If you'll go through the process of a famine, you will be blessed. He came out with more animals. He came out with, with more money. He came out with more. He came out with more because he walked in the power of the, of the presence of God. He walked in the power. He encountered it. Now, here's what's great. You might say, but John, what happens in famine? What happens if there's failure? Here's the good news. Welcome to Abraham. What did he do with his wife? He told them all, Let's keep going there. Let's go to the next verse, if you don't mind. When he was about to enter Egypt, he said to Sarai, his wife, I know that you are a, beautiful, a woman beautiful in appearance. Come on, Sarai. I can't wait to see her in heaven. I just, I just want to see what she looks like. Because, I mean, she's got to be like 62, 63, and like, whoa, smoking. All right, here we go. And then by this time. And when the Egyptians see you, they will say this is his wife. Then they will kill me. But they will let you live. Let's keep reading. Say you are what? Abraham is not the winner. Jesus is. He's not the hero of the story. Jesus is. Abraham tells his wife to lie. He lies. He fails in the midst of a family. Why not trust God? Why not just say, why not just, listen, by the way, if you're living in the land of the Canaanites, why didn't they kill you? Oh, you went to the land, and, and there's famine in the land. There's tough times in the land. Translate the metaphor that I'm trying to help us work through. 
Sometimes there's toughness, but look what happens. He failed in the place of famine, but God still saw him through. There's hope for all of us in Jesus, isn't it? Even when we sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Even when John is faithless, Jesus is faithful. Jesus is so beautiful because I'm no ma- Abraham is no match for sin. Only Jesus is. He is pointing to the one who will fulfill all the needs and become the true Savior. So even in a place of famine, even in a place of failure, God still reigns and God still bless. Now, what happens when we get to this process where there's a famine? What happens when we get to the process where we might feel like we failed? What happens when we get to the process and we don't even know where to go? What happens when we get to the process of the place and there are Canaanites in the land? What do we do? The answer is all the way back in all the way back in Hebrews chapter 11. Let's go back there. So we get ready to land the plane. Y'all ready? We get ready to land it. Here's going to be the application. And I was so thankful for Pastor Matt as he read Hebrews 11.1. 1. Hebrews 11 verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place, he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. At the beginning of verse 8, it says two words. By what? Look at verse 9. What's the first two words say? He made his home in the promised land. In other words, he settled. He settled to trust God. The answer to where we are right now. Because listen, let's be honest. If I went down this room and I did a poll privately, you and I were talking and say, are you really satisfied where you are with God? My guess, my conjecture, my surmise, whatever it might be, is that many of you would say, I'm not fully satisfied. I'd like a little more. I'd like a little change. I'd like something different. If I were to say, you really have what you really want in the Lord, most of us would say what? No. So here's what I'm saying to us now. How do we get through that? If I have the fullness of the Holy Spirit, how do I get the power of the Holy Spirit? Then I have to walk through a land of famine. A land that has temptation. A land that's tough. And the only way to experience the power of God is to be in a place where I am weak and need God. And that's where God's going to bring us. And the answer to getting us through all that is faith. What is it that drives faith? What makes us wake up every day and say, God, I'm going to believe you Though I just buried a son. God, I'm going to believe you, though this is broken. God, I'm going to believe you, even though I failed this. God, I believe you in this relationship. I'm going to believe you in this. How do we translate this? Here's what happens. Hebrews 11.6. And, and, and I love what Pastor Matt said when he quoted um, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Here's the answer, and here's how we're going to land it. Look at verse 6. Hebrews 11, verse 6 is so powerful. I'm sorry. Did I say nine? I apologize. Verse six. And without faith, look what it says here, it's impossible to do what? So, but it's my, I mean, my goal is to please God. Hear me. But here is what drives my faith. Here is what makes me hang on when everybody else says, why? 
whoever would draw near to God must believe that he what? And look what the last phrase says. And that he what? Those who seek him. What draws faith is do you believe in the promise of God? There are promises in scripture for us all over. I told them in the first service, y'all see me do it before. I mean, the promises of God is what drives my faith. This is what I do literally. God, you said it. I stand on your word. Now go do it. I'm trusting you. I'm standing on, listen, I am standing on your word. Everybody else will lie and leave me, but you won't. And though I don't see it, and though your word may tarry, it doesn't mean it's coming. And by the way, according to Daniel, it doesn't matter how many territorial spirits and demons are out there, you're stronger and you're greater, and there's not a demon in hell that can stop the word of God. And I'm going to stand on your word. In other words, do we trust the promises of God? Do we trust that God can do what he says he's going to do? Does he, will he supply all my needs according to his riches for glory? The good things that he gives, are they from him? If they're from him, then I keep walking in them. James 1 says, every good gift is from the Father of light, where there's no variation or shifting of shadows. If God brought it, I'm staying in it. This is how you increase your faith. You trust the promises of God. Listen, everybody in this room that's married, y'all know what I'm talking about. Listen, let's just tell the truth. You don't even have to look at your husband right now and blame him. But just because he promised it, right? You believed in a promise before you had it. I stood there with Lynette, and we made a promise to each other. But we didn't know what was coming, but we, we believed the promise would see us through. If that works in marriage, and marriage is an example of Christ in the church. How much more does it work in God who gave us the gift of marriage? Trust the promises. But just because you didn't see it doesn't mean it's not there. Let's, and let's end with this. Go back to Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 3. Verse 3 says this. By faith we understand that the universe was transformed at God's command. Now, this isn't just an apologetic that, that God created the earth. Look what it says. So that what is seen was not made out of things that are what? Faith allows us to believe in a dimension we can't see. When I said to my wife, yes, I do. I will marry you. I was believing in a dimension in the future that I could not see. But I knew this, that I would rather be with her in something that I could not see than be without her and what I could see. Is that how you feel about Jesus? Do you believe him for what you can't see? Put whatever tag you want on it. Single. Put whatever tag whatever you want on it. A degree. Put whatever tag what you want on it. Your grandchildren. Put every tag on your retirement. Your marriage. Put a tag. Whatever tag you want to put on it. Will God do what he says he's going to do? Here's the land. Mark chapter 9. Here's the land. Here's what we're landing for. Mark chapter 9. Here's the application. By the way, this is all on um, uh, Summit Church on Facebook. Mark chapter 9. The disciples had gone out. They encounter a man whose son was possessed. He was so possessed that the demon would throw him into a fire since he was a little kid. In other words, demons try to kill. Come on! They try to kill the host. 
That's why people cut, not people that cut or possess, but people that possess will cut. The demons are always, I have to deal with this stuff. The demons are always are trying to kill the host so they can then leave. They go to waterless places, just read scripture. They can't find any rest and they go back to humans who are made 70% of water. And so they possess. And what are the open door to possession? Well, once you begin to steal, if you look at Judas, who's a great example for us to see what demonic possession looks like and that whole train after he goes and kills himself and hangs himself. I mean, if you read John 13, he became possessed. I mean, the devil put it in his heart at the beginning of the chapter. A couple of verses later, he's possessed by Satan himself. You see what happens in that lineage. He goes and he dies. But here we get to see an example of this kid who's possessed going in. And the disciples pray. Nothing happens. Look what happens. Let's start with verse 17. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Notice, demons always want people to shut up. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth. That's a, by the way, that's a picture of hell, isn't it? Weeping and gnashing of teeth. And becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. And what's Jesus' response here in the next verse? Oh, my word. He had, and he answered them, oh, faithless generation. It says about faith. How long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Notice the compassion of Christ. Bring him to me. Let's go to the next verse. This is so good. Oh, and they brought the boy to him. And when the spirit saw him, listen, demons will bow always in the presence of Jesus. And if you and I are filled with the Holy Spirit, greater is he. Come on. It doesn't matter what demon you face, what possession. I don't care what territory. Some of y'all are going, what is he talking about? Territorial spirits. Just read Daniel. Book of Daniel. You'll see it. And they brought out the boy to him. And when the spirit saw him immediately, he convulsed the boy. And he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. Let's keep going. And Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. Notice the length of torture. What do demons do? They torture marriages, friendships, relationships. That's why lies will destroy you. That's why lies, he's the prince of the air. He has to speak lies. He changes the air. He changes what you think you see. And by the way, with God, perception is not reality. Jesus is reality. And I put my faith in a dimension that I cannot see. Hebrews verse, uh, chapter 11, verse 3, right? Because by faith, he created the world. He created what is visible. We believe in the one who created what was visible, who is invisible. And so now we know, we see what's going to happen. And he said from childhood, keep going. And it is often cast him into the fire and into water. Again, trying to destroy, kill the body, to destroy it. But if you can do anything, I dare you to come to Jesus today. Well, you might not want to say this. But Jesus, if you could do anything about my situation, if, listen, if you can help me in my single, if you can help me in my finance, if, can you imagine talking smack to Jesus? That's talking smack. If you can, Jesus, as if to say the possibility, the assumption, I smuggled in my assumption in the statement, I smuggled in, Jesus, maybe you can't do it. 
Maybe you can't, not that you won't do it, it's that maybe you can't do it because I really don't believe, see it, so therefore I don't believe it. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Here's what I want to say. Our God is the most kind God, and he has compassion. And I promise you, there is nobody sweeter than Jesus. There is nobody like Jesus. He is kind, and he will do it. What's the next? I love this next verse. I love when Jesus comes back. And Jesus said to him, do you smell what Jesus is cooking? <laughs> Look at the smack. Jesus says, if you can, the king of kings and lord of lords, if you can, the one who's going to destroy death, if you can, the one who's going to say to Lazarus, get up out of the tomb, if you can, the one who's going to open the eyes of the blind, if you can, the one who's going to stop the woman who is bleeding, if you can, the one who takes a man full of thousands of demons, if you can, if I can. All things are possible to the one who believes. Are you willing today to ask God to help you? Next verse, watch this. So the guy is shot, right? Immediately, I mean, think of the shot. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, but not really. That was good. Yeah. I believe. No, I'm not sure. I, I want to. Well, y'all come play over me. This is, uh, this is where we're going to land. I believe, but what did he say, saints? Come on. You willing to pray that today? Are you really willing to pray that today? To look forward? The only way to look forward, the only way to endure with power the famine and the Canaanites that come with the promise to be the light to the Gentiles you are the light to your team. Listen, they're not reading. Come on. How come you notice? People ain't reading the Bible. They're just reading you. And the only way they know what Jesus is like is how we respond. But we got to respond by faith. We got to believe when nobody else. Listen, they might look at us and say, that's just stupid. That's just stupid. I don't know what it was. But Coach Roland, Coach Felder, I don't know who that kid is. We might know, but I want to meet that kid. That kid on Twitter you told me about? That I posted, whoo! Whoever was that, they had a baseball player uh, die. I don't know what it was. He got sick and died pretty fast. He committed to South Carolina to play baseball. The white no high school. Some some kid. I don't know who the kid is. Y'all might know him because y'all went there. The kid stands up like in the lunchroom before they leaving for the buses. Stands up on a chair and starts preaching. What? I wanted to tackle my 10-year-old. Oh, I got so excited, I just didn't know what to do with myself. He stood up on a chair, and he started bringing it. He's like, you're on a baseball team. If you're going to play, every time you swing, think of him. Every time you do this, think of him. But then he turned around at the end, and this is what got me. He said, I'm going to pray. And he prayed 
the paint off the wall. I literally wanted to do a lap. I don't know who this kid is, but the fire of God fell on him. Why? Because he believed God bigger than the circumstances of man faced. And he was praying, God, I pray that only you can comfort them. Only you can give them hope. I mean, he's speaking life language when everybody else was speaking death language. Help my unbelief is life language. We are the ones. You have a calling. God is good. Listen, we got a lot to go over with Abraham. We've got from here all the way to Easter, April 16th. We've got a lot to cover, Lord willing. And every week we take little bits and we move forward and we move forward. And today, are we willing to say, God, I believe you, but I don't really know if I can believe you. It's okay. It's okay to say, I, I need help. Just don't stay in a place of being full of the Holy Spirit. God is calling us to walk in power of the Holy Spirit. So just like Jesus, we will go to a place of famine where he's hungry at the end of 40 days. Then the temptation struck. But he was going through it because he trusted God. He kept recentering every question of Satan lied. Everything he said, he recentered back on God. Today, you might want to take the Lord's Supper, grab a couple people and say, God, here's my altar. Help my belief. I'm trusting you. That every time I eat this bread and drink this cup, I proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. God, I'm recentering. This is my altar. Maybe some of you want to come and kneel and say, God, listen, help my unbelief. I'm in a place. I don't even know if you can get me out. Help my unbelief. Maybe you're in a place you want to pray for somebody else that you're ministering to. God, help my unbelief. I think that they are too far gone. But I know this. Nobody can go further than what you can reign. But to walk in a place that God's calling answers faith in the promises of God. That's how I live my life. You know, I preach every Sunday. It's not because I believe it. It's because God said it. Did y'all hear what I just said? That was really good. If God said it, stop being the victim and start following the victim. I live by promises. I try not to live by emotions because my emotions say God will not deliver. My emotion says God is a jerk. My emotions say that God is mean and that God has left me and that God is not for me and that God doesn't love me like he loves you and he answers you more than he answers me because my delay sometimes is interpreted as a deny, but a delay is not a deny. A delay is a test. Does anybody in this room, you don't have to raise your hands, but we're going to respond in a minute. Anybody in here need your belief helped? talking to Paul, Becca, I was talking to Paul before. Y'all got these two huge opportunities. Either way, somebody's got to help the unbelief. Because those orphans have nobody to believe. That other group of people have nobody to help. 
Somebody's got to stand. Somebody's got to stand in the gap. God, will you do it? I just want to say this. If you live by your own strength and things go bad, you don't want to quit. But when you live by the power of the Spirit, when things go bad, you run to your strong tower. He is my shield. My El Shaddai. God Almighty. Will you pray with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, this is Pastor Matt, and then lead us through this song. I want to pray right now there are people that need to just come forward right now and pray and get on their knees and say, God, help my unbelief. Lord, I pray for people in this room to come pray over. God, I pray you fill this place right now with your power. The way we have your power is to walk through the place of famine, to walk through the place of Canaan, and the way we do it is we trust the promises of God. Speak to us. 